The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Hi, I'm Carrie Charles, and I want to welcome you to this episode of 5G Talent Talk. I'm very excited to have with me today a special guest, Dr. Rickon Thacker. He is the Chief Technology Officer of the Wireless Infrastructure Association. Dr. Thacker, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Gary. It's my pleasure. So would you like me to call you Rickon or Dr. Thacker? Please call me Rickon. Okay, you got it. You got it. So Rickon, I hear that you have a new role. Congratulations, by the way, with WIA. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role and your responsibilities? Absolutely. So I'm definitely honored to join this amazing team at WIA. I've always admired WIA and respected Jonathan Adelstein and Tim House. You already had Jonathan on your show earlier. Their leadership in shaping WS vision and current position it has in the industry right now. So as part of this new role, I'll be leading the activities related to 5G and other emerging technologies. And advises, I'll be advising WIA members mainly on 5G strategies, including densification, spectrum allocation, broadband deployment, etc. And uh, I plan to continue analyzing the impact of uh, future use cases of 5G and provide recommendations on broadband infrastructure deployment strategies. One of the key tasks will be also helping WIA member companies and their CTO offices actually to identify future technology trends and shape their product services, real estate portfolio to make them, uh, make them ready for 5G and beyond. And lastly, along with all this, I'm very excited to apply my skill set and knowledge and background in expanding WIS training initiatives and workforce development efforts through registered apprenticeships. So you'll hear um, more about that. So, Well, that's a big job. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, truly. So, Rick, and tell us a little more about WIA, the Wireless Infrastructure Association. Let's start there for those people who don't know what it is. Sure. And let me tell you, I mean, uh, first of all, I would say that even though I'm joining WIA in this new role, I've been associated with WIA through various initiatives. Apart from our general policy and advocacy uh, group, uh, from my point of view, before even joining WIA with this new role, I was involved with uh, something called ITC, that is WIS Innovation and Technology Council. That is the forum for uh, forecasting the future of wireless industry. Participants basically explore latest developments in wireless industry, um, ranging from edge computing to CBRS to talent needs for 5G. Tracy Ford um, um, of, of WIA, she manages this very nicely. And right around that, actually, I would say I also led the skills gap and training working group within ITC for nearly three years. And we produce two amazing white papers addressing the skills gap for our industry and how best to um, best address the growing demands for skilled workforce. Both these papers are very well received by the industry, academia, and government agencies. As well. And recently, I led the CBRS working group under ITC as well. And we released a very nice paper on all things CBRS, uh, which just got published um, earlier this year. That's the ITC side of it. And then I've been engaged with uh, 
WIS Education Center. That's our training side of it since its inception, I think more than three years now. And uh, through TEC, we call it Tech. And the website I definitely am going to mention, people should definitely visit it, and that's Tech Online. And you can all definitely find this on WIS website as well. Through Tech, WIS is addressing the fundamental problem associated with our industry, and that is lack of standardized training. We recognized this four or five years ago, and now we have created an amazing portfolio of industry-recognized courses. So definitely, please explore that, tell all your uh, readers, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of them. I'm one of them. I, I really admire what you have done through this podcast, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and finally, before joining WIA, during my tenure with MMTC, where I work as VP of Spectrum Policy and Telecom in general, I got the opportunity to work with a very talented group, uh, which manages WIS apprenticeship efforts, and that is through TIREP, which is Telecommunication Industries Registered Apprenticeship Program. And that is the only registered apprenticeship program we have for our industry. So yes, in short, well, not short, having worked on many of these initiatives at WIA prior to joining in this new role as CTO definitely helps, and I'm very excited. Yes, it only makes sense that you're in this role after all the work that you've done with WIA and tech. In fact, I remember... I don't even know how many years ago, but uh, it was maybe three years ago. And I sat in on one of your trainings with the Telecommunications Education Center on 5G. And that's where we first got connected. And it was amazing. I mean, I learned so much. And I have to say that all the courses of tech are simply incredible. And I think that more leaders should check those out. And actually, can you give the website? What is the website for tech in case someone wants to go there? Sure. So I think the first one I would say is very simple, wia.org. That's our main website where you can find different initiatives. I just mentioned that is tech online, ITC, and also TIRAP. But if you want to just go to training wing of WIA, that is tec-online, techonline.org. Okay, great. And this is a fantastic resource for companies to train their employees and their team members. And I do encourage everyone to check that out. And also the white papers that you mentioned, I'm going to have links to all of those on the blog of this podcast. So we can all find the links there. Let's talk about a different role. In fact, I don't even know how you have time to sleep because you, you do so much, but you are actually part of the adjunct faculty of the University of Maryland. And how did you get into that role? Tell me a little bit about what courses you teach at the master's program and tell me about your students. No, I absolutely love to. And uh, very few people know about this story. Of course, my students know this, but I'm uh, happy to share. So let me start. It was uh, year 2008, and I want the listeners to go back to that time right when 700 megahertz frequencies were auctioned, operators were looking at LTE and they're trying to roll out LTE at that time. So around that time, and I was with Comscope and and I was leading our field trials and customer training initiatives. And we are updating cell sites from 3G to 4G. And uh, I spent countless nights with our field crew deploying our equipment, troubleshooting uh, with them during maintenance windows. And I realized that knowledge gained through this hands-on activities and from Phil, I mean, it does wonders and there should be a way to teach some of it into the classroom. So I approached uh, University of Maryland and Dr. Delamo. Um, uh, he's been my mentor. He's teaching at Maryland for more than 20 years. 
ever since actually I was a student at Maryland. So I brought this idea to him and I said, you know, um, uh, you should bring components into the classroom. You should take students to these cell sites. We should do line sweeping using Enritsu, let students know basically what goes into the field. So they liked the idea and I was basically proposing, here are the equipments, here is some material I can provide. And they said, well, do you want to teach? Why don't, why don't you prepare this course and teach? So I said, okay, well, I'm up for the challenge. And I designed this course that was for spring of 2009. Students um, attended, they loved it. So what I did is actually I partnered with industries. And of course, I was with Comscope. Comscope donated a bunch of equipment. I worked with Enritsu. They gave us SiteMaster. I worked with uh, my connection with AT&T. And they graciously allowed our students to do a site visit with them. Mm-hmm. So, so it was instant hit. And more importantly, all of the students got placed before they graduated. Because as soon as they put all these components into their resume, companies were like, oh, wow, you did this while you're in school? We need this. And later, I created another course on Wi-Fi and on license uh, spectrum. More recently, over the last uh, four or five years, I created and have been teaching DAS and small cell and 5G course. And again, my approach has been the same. Let's see what employers are asking for. Because if, even though I've been teaching for more than 10, 11 years now, I still call myself an industry person. So I want to actually bring that into the classroom. So for this DAS and small cell, just a quick example, I, uh, we did partnership with IBWave. And mm. of course, is the first, and to my knowledge, it's the only university which received this generous donation from IBWave, and they donated their software for our lab. So students actually learn the software, and they come to level one or equivalent at the end of this course. So employers definitely love this and, and our students have always found great jobs, sometimes more than one offer before they graduate. So th- this is fantastic. Wow. And more and more universities should adopt this in my view. So when students complete the program, they have a master's in telecommunications. Is that right? Yes, this is professional master's in telecommunication program. Okay. And the best thing is that most of the faculties are like me who are in the industry. They know what they're doing and the program and the leadership is very progressive, and they let us actually design our courses. Of course, they would check, but uh, that's how it basically works. If companies want to hire the graduates, where do they go? Do they email you or they go a particular place to find more information? Yes, yeah. So by all means, they can reach out to me directly. I'm very active on LinkedIn, as you know. I'll just, just ping me on LinkedIn. The website for our program is very simple. It's telecom.umd.edu. There is a contact information there as well for our program directors as well. Okay, very, very good. Well, let's switch gears a bit. So there was a working group with the FCC where you addressed the skills gap that exists in telecom. Can you talk a little bit about that? And also, um, I guess you just published a report Mm -hmm. that is also on job skills and training. So a lot of great information here. Oh, yeah. This is, by the way, fantastic. And I definitely want to, you know, provide a little bit more detail into this because this report, as you said, just published. Just to give a little bit of background, right, Chairman Ajit Pai created BDAC, that's Broadband Deployment Advisory Committee, back in 2017. And it was a fantastic idea. His vision was to gather experts from industry, academia, and local government and figure out the barriers for broadband deployment. I represented MMTC on BDAC. Jonathan Edelstein, our CEO and president, was also a member representing WIA. And many of these recommendations were produced and FCC took them very seriously. And last year, 
Chairman Pai created three more working groups, and one of them was Broadband Infrastructure Deployment, Job Skills, and Training Opportunity Working Group. And he invited me to be the vice chair of this group, Leticia Latino of Neptuno. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the chair. She was terrific. We complimented each other on this uh, very special project. And uh, we were given certain charges. This is where basically, you know, I really admire FCC, Chairman Pai, and also uh, Commissioner Carr. They have long known that 5G will create lots of new jobs. But before that, we need this skilled workforce to build the 5G network. And if we don't have that, if we don't plan for that, we will fall behind in the network deployment. And a lot is actually riding on this network build out. So our charges uh, specifically included identifying the skills gap, what are the reasons behind those, and also formulate the solutions for different stakeholders. And also evaluate existing training program, which have worked. Some of them did not work. So figure out why that's happening and provide all these recommendations. So our report is out. It's been uh, unanimously approved by the BDAC members uh, just in October. It was a joint effort by a group of 25 amazing individuals who have worked over the last 15 months to produce this report. So we identified the challenges, put them in seven different categories, and we invited a lot of SMEs provide recommendations as well. So I highly recommend uh, read it. And this is available on FCC's website. I mean, simple way I would say is Google FCC BDAC and a nice landing page with all the working groups and their recommendations available there. Okay. It's also going to be on the blog of this episode as well. So we're going to have some links. We'll have the link to the report and amazing information. I think that everyone should check that out. So Rick, and you talked just a little bit about the challenges of deploying 5G and workforce shortages and skills gaps. Is this still just as bad as it was pre-COVID? I mean, is it any better now? Are there more people that are available? I mean, are we still having issues? (laughs) That's a really good question. And I think this requires multifaceted answer, I would say. But here's the thing. COVID pandemic definitely uh, has impacted workforce in a big way. But our industry has kept going. In fact, reliance on our industry has increased multifold, as we know. And as a result of that, our operators, network builders, tower companies, they haven't slowed down. Investment has continued. And as a result of that, we definitely need more and more people. Of course, more people are available in the market, but the challenge still lies. We need to train them. And that is actually the main thing. So first, let me provide this perspective, right, before even we talk, the, uh, uh, talk about the challenging. Prior to even forming this BDAC last year and pandemic, of course, there was only one main study by Accenture, and it has made rounds. It's a, it was a great study, which suggested that there will be 3 million new jobs um, created because of 5G, and about 25% of those will be direct jobs because of 5G build-out. That, that's a massive number. Two more studies recently came out, and one from Boston Consulting Group, uh, where they identify key success factors for building 5G U.S. economy. And one of the success factors is talent. They are definitely highlighting that. And another one, which is more direct study on 5G and job market, that was commissioned by National Spectrum Consortium. It just came out a couple of months ago. And that actually has revised the number that has looked uh, look into the revolution 5G is going to bring. And that's saying that 4.6 million new jobs will be created between 2019 to 2034. That's massive, exactly. And more importantly, already 
106,000 direct jobs have been created since our trial started on 5G last year. So that is actually a very impressive number. So with that in mind, now let's talk about the challenges. We have to look at two different things uh, when we look at 5G, right? And right now we're talking about 5G. Same thing applies for future generation or any emerging technologies, right? So the first one here is we need to understand how 5G networks work. And the second is 5G use cases. So if we understand how 5G networks work and what frequency bands go into that, we can evaluate the direct jobs because of 5G, right? And once we understand the use cases and application of 5G, then we are talking about talent needed for some of the verticals such as agriculture, construction, where all these new jobs will be created because 5G is going to unlock potential, right? So with all this, right, what we are looking at right now, we are expecting upgrades to macro tower happening now, 1 million plus small cells in next six to seven years, and that's, that's going aggressive right now. Fiber backhaul for all of them, most of them, okay? Deployment has started already in CBRS, mid-band, low-band, millimeter wave frequencies. With all this, we cannot expect our existing workforce who has just worked on 4G LTN just at the macro tower to learn all this and learn this quickly, right? And also scale this. So we definitely need more workers and we need more uh, our current workforce to also get training so that they can reskill themselves. Yes, we sure do. I mean, it's a big job ahead. And what we're missing is people. And, you know, what I know that that so many people in telecommunications have just moved from company to company or possibly job to job, which is fine, but that's not solving our problem. The problem is we need more people to enter the industry. And I think that leads me to my next question. That is, uh, recently, WIA received a very large grant for workforce development, which was very exciting. Congratulations, by the way. Tell me about that grant, what it's going to be used for, and the programs that have been developed from that. No, absolutely. And this is a fantastic news. And it's a start, I would say. We really appreciate Department of Labor recognizing our industry, not only for apprenticeships, but in general, we have so many new jobs coming from our industry. So far, DOL has recognized IT and apprenticeship has worked really well for construction, manufacturing, so forth. So our industry is brand new when we actually explore the apprenticeship waters. But DOL has recognized that there is going to be, there are, there are going to be tremendous talent needed and it's going to be required by all the verticals. So earlier in March, or February, March this year, Labor Department um, gave us a grant uh, to expand apprenticeships. We're going to work with community colleges. Five of them have been identified. We are open for many more as well. This grant actually will allow us to work with community colleges. And we have a very nice partner as well, PCCA, who are actually representing their member companies from the utility side of it. And as you can see here, why we are actually working uh, together on this because now we are, our cell sites are coming in a different forms, right? It's going to be small cells. We are going to utilize utility poles, infrastructures as well. So part of the funding would require us to work with the community colleges, evaluate their existing curriculum, help them modify or create new content, which is more aligning with employers' need as well. So that is the grant portion. And just recently, uh, two months ago, DOL awarded this contract to WIA. And I want to actually specify the word contract because we are going to be working on behalf of DOL to expand apprenticeship programs 
for many member companies and not just member companies, but any employers who is willing to participate and who understand that, well, apprenticeship is the right way to address their job demands and some of the challenges they, try, they want to overcome. So the main thing here is that we also identify this in our BDAC report as well. The fundamental problem we have, which we are trying to tackle, is there is a lack of standardized training in our industry. There is lack of career paths as well. And through this grant and contract, we will be creating new occupations. We will be working with the employers and identify, well, what jobs you need. And if they don't exist, we are going to actually work with DOL and create those, those jobs. And while doing that process, we identify what on-the-job elements, on-the-job training elements needs to be identified for each of those occupations and what classroom training portion needs to be connected with the community colleges as well. So it's a very exciting project. This is just a start. This is multi-year projects from both grant and contract point of view. But this is just a start. It can be done as well. And we are really excited to get going. So any company can participate, right? So let's say that a leader is listening right now who's having a workforce challenge and they need to hire people. Can they reach out to you and get more information about this apprenticeship program and get involved so they can really boost their workforce and train? That is correct. That is correct. So, so let me explain a little bit about the TIRAP, right? It is our industry's only registered apprenticeship program. And I want to emphasize the word registered. We have done that work already. So the employers do not have to worry about this. WIA is the national sponsor of TIRAP. And there are many benefits to employers who, who like to join. There are no barriers. We make everything very simple. And one of the key benefits is that you don't have to create your own program. We have done that work for you. So all you have to do is we need to actually understand your workforce need. And then if you want us to create some of the new occupations, we can do that. If you want to use any of our existing occupations, under TIREP right now, we have nine occupations already identified, registered and many of the companies are already taking advantage of that. We have right now 33 participating employers in, the, in this program, and that number is expanding. We have already filed two more occupations with DOL, and the approval is just days away. We are already in the process of designing two more occupations related to small cells, one for in-building wireless solution, that will be DAS and small cell, one for outdoor small cell. And once those occupations are ready, we can actually start rolling. So, yes, I would say we will provide you all the technical assistance you would need. All you have to do is just contact me, contact us. Our director of apprenticeships, uh, Deb Bennett, she's amazing, and she has worked uh, with all these employers uh, since the beginning. Also, Brent Whale, I would mention, he just joined WIA as a VP of Workforce Development and Training Program, so he'll be looking into both sides of uh, this workforce, uh, and I'll be helping both of them. So definitely you can reach out to any one of us or just simply, as I said, uh, ping me on LinkedIn. Our A-plus team is ready. Again, I keep saying WIA, but I want to emphasize for the listeners, it's Wireless Infrastructure Association. And boy, Rickon, you are doing so, so much to really solve this workforce issue that we're having in the telecom space and 5G. And it's so exciting to hear that there's action, action, action. There's a plan. There's solutions. It's coming. I feel so hopeful. As I said, you know, the work has started. It's not just this year. It's not just because of the funding. What I admire about WIA and our leaders, right, Jonathan, Tim, both, they have been advocating for better solutions for 5G workforce for many, many years. We have these two initiatives, TIREP and TAC, going on. Companies are participating as well. And, and I want to mention this. 
it's not just all these people I mentioned, but many companies. You, in fact, have both of these companies featured in your podcast earlier. I'd like to actually give uh, kudos to both of them, uh, NB Plus C and Vertical Bridge. Both Tom Kane of NBNC and Alex Gelman and Bernard Borgai from Vertical, they have recognized this need, what amazing values this training initiatives can bring to their bottom line. They have partnered with TEC, that's our training wing, and they are investing in reskilling of their employers and future emerging, uh, emerging technologies as well. And I want to say we are heavily invested in this. We are constantly upgrading our courses. We are introducing new courses. Uh, many of you might have noticed we just launched CBRS CPI course. We partnered with Federated Wireless on that. We launched Edge Computing earlier this year. So definitely worth checking out many of these initiatives and happy to partner. This problem will not be solved by one or two entities, right? We all have to work together and that's how we're going to achieve all of those, overcome all, all of those challenges. We are all in this together, Rickon, right? <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It has just been packed full of content and action items and solutions. I I really, really appreciate the fact that you're in this role. I, like I said, I feel like that we're all going to be in a better place because of the, what WIA is doing right now and for our future. So Rick, and thank you so much. Please give us the the website of WIA one more time. Yes, it's uh, WIA.org. And okay. as I said, it's Wireless Infrastructure Association. And uh, Gary, I really appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. And I really appreciate this initiative of yours. This is one of my favorite blogs and uh, you're doing a lot to help our industry as well. So really appreciate it. Thank you, Reagan. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.